Well, this is a first for me. I've never delivered a sermon to just the camera in an auditorium that's empty. Normally there's hundreds uh, here in the church family gathering. So, got an old dog learning some new tricks here. Uh, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Here we go. Uh, I want you to know right from the start, he's ruling on the throne. And he's got a plan and he's got a purpose for even this challenging situation. So let's address a few questions as we begin. Why aren't we meeting in person in the church building today? Well, the governor of the great state of Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, has ordered that all gatherings of 250 people or more be canceled or postponed. And that applies to our church services. Fact is, we haven't had a service with less than 250 people attending for probably 25 years. So again, this applies to us, this order. I quote from the governor, this is about protecting the most people we can from the spread of the coronavirus. Romans 13 is where our marching orders come from. This applies to, to us as followers of Jesus Christ. 13.1 of Romans, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Question you might have, is there a time to disobey authorities? Yes, if they're ordering us to sin or cease sharing the good news of Jesus. Uh, but that's not what's happening here. We're still having church today, even though it's not in the physical building. So we're going to respect our authorities We've closed the physical building, but we're still open for business, only in a much different way. We're open online today. Seems likely that all of our services will be canceled through Sunday, April 5th. Why do you say that? Because uh, this same order came right up against the order to close all schools in Michigan till and through Sunday, April 5th. So we will likely be here with you next week online. This might be a good time to visit us at our website, or perhaps you can go to Facebook, you're watching YouTube, Walloon Podcast, but our website is at walloonchurch.com. encourage you to go there, and you can not just uh, watch next week, but you can find lots of sermons that go many, many years back and all the activities that are going on here at uh, Walloon Church as well. Today, I'd like to speak about the fear, the confusion, the uncertainty, the worry that seems to be so prevalent, that seems to be uh, really to the max. Last time I remember anything close uh, to the worry, the stress, the fear, the anxiety, is back uh, on 9-11, and that was when our country was attacked uh, 
and nearly 3,000 people died uh, from those attacks. Uh, this time, however, it's different, but the invaders are microscopic. Uh, we can't see the COVID-19 virus, but as more and more people get sick, the fear, the worry, the stress, uh, as uh, the... Uh, sickness increases and spreads all over the country and all around us. Questions like, uh, how long is it going to last? Do I have enough food? Uh, Is it going to get worse? Are people that I know and love going to get sick? Um, Even questions I had with somebody today, uh, will the store ever have toilet paper again? Uh, Just questions that that and, and there that was a serious question by someone. Um, so today I'd like to address the situation that we're in, um, and I begin by reading the words spoken by Jesus in Matthew chapter six. Uh, this is uh, the greatest sermon ever preached. This is Jesus' sermon on the mount, and he speaks directly to worry and anxiety in fear and confusion in Matthew chapter 6. Here's what Jesus says about a situation like we're facing. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is Here today, tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things you're worrying about will be given you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Join with me. Let's pray as uh, we begin. Lord, uh, thank you for addressing situations like we're facing today. Lord, thank you for being awesome, and you're on the throne, and we trust you. You know what you're doing. You have a plan and a purpose. Lord, you've never failed us, and you're never going to fail us now. We believe that. Help us to hold on tight to those truths. And now, Lord, as we, uh, as we dig into what you said in Matthew, Lord, as we dig into what you inspired Paul to say in Philippians 4, Lord, would you come and meet us? Would you uh, come and inhabit the words of these weak and goofy lips of mine? Lord, help us to hear from you. 
We need you. We need what only you can say to us even right now. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray all of these things. Amen. I think it's interesting that Jesus addresses men and women of faith. You've got the disciples on the front row. You've got huge crowd there as he delivers this sermon. But he's, he's talking to men and women of faith. People who wanted to hear from him. And I think it's interesting that he knows that even these people of faith are going to struggle with worry and anxiety and stress and, and what's going on. He, he talks in verses 25 and 26, he says, I know you're going to be worried about having enough resources to live. Uh, is there going to be enough money in my bank account? Is, is there going to be enough money to pay my bills? Is my job stable? Are, am I going to still be able to draw a paycheck? Are my investments okay? What, what, about, what about my retirement fund? Uh, things aren't going so good. The stock market isn't doing well. Lord, what about those things, those resources? It's tempting to be worried about them. He moves on, verses 28 to 30. He says, and you're going to be tempted to fret about your appearance and, and what you're wearing. Am, am, I, am I okay in how I appear to others? What, what about clothes? Do, do I appear like, like I'm, I'm stylish or, or am I wear, wearing things that, that clearly are outdated? Am I, am I gaining too much weight? Am, is my appearance good? How do other people view me? He addresses that in verses 28 to 30. Um, and, and then he says, um, you're going to be tempted to worry about your life. And, and you just worry and worry, thinking that you can add hours to your life by worry. And, and the truth is, he says, you're actually subtracting hours from your life. Uh, am I going to die early? A am I going to catch this virus is someone else that I love going to be sick? Um, what's going on? Are the roads too slick? What about drunk drivers? What about irresponsible people around us? We worry about those things. We stress on what the future holds. Uh, what, if, what if the United States doesn't recover quickly from from? All of the coronavirus as it's... What if my spouse, something happens bad to my spouse? Um, what, what about my savings? I'm just telling you, uh, we're concerned, we're worried, and the commander-in-chief addresses all of those questions. Verse 26, he says, uh, do not worry. Very clear, Matthew 6, 25. Just don't worry, followers of Christ. When you're, when you're tempted to stew and fret and worry and be stressed, please know I'm your king, I'm your commander-in-chief, I'm your savior and your friend, and I'm telling you, don't worry. Verse 30, he says, the root cause of worry is a lack of faith. He says, verse 30, will God not clothe you, O you of little faith? Throughout God's Word, 
The Lord is looking for and honoring and blessing people who will trust Him, who will believe in Him, specifically when times are hard and difficult. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, okay, this is a hard time. This is a stressful time. This is a, a time where everybody around is filled with worry and anxiety, but instead of worrying and being stressed, I'm going to do the opposite, and I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to believe. I'm going to know that you are going to look out for me. You're going to walk with me whatever I face. And I'm just telling you, he, he, Jesus says, I don't want you chasing after all. I want you to chase after me. I'm your king. Seek first me, the king of the kingdom, and I'll take care of all of those other things that you tend to worry about. And, and I love verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Focus on today. Each day has enough trouble. Don't bite off tomorrow, today. I'll, I'll walk with you today. You believe and trust me today and get up tomorrow and do the same thing. With Jesus' uh, amazing words there as our background, I'm going to turn to Philippians chapter 4 because uh, the Apostle Paul has uh, some words to say about fear, stress, confusion, worry, anxiety there in verse 4. He says, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, here's what's interesting. He says that right on the tail of talking about some problems there in the church in Philippi. There were these two well-known ladies, uh, Yodia and Syntyche. Uh, maybe you say it differently, but that's as close as I can get right now. But anyway, they're at each other's throats. There's division in the church at Philippi. These two well-known ladies are not getting along. And in verses 2 and 3, Paul says, I'm pleading, I'm pleading, Yodia, I'm pleading, Syntyche, Please get along. I'm asking that you'll come together and work things out for the sake of the gospel. So that, that's the background. And the very next verse is what I just read. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, doesn't that seem a little strange to you? It does to me. There, there's this fight going on. I'm pleading, ladies, Please, work this out. Come together. Work for the sake of the gospel. Get along. And now, rejoice in the Lord always, verse 4. Again, I'll say, rejoice. And that's a song, in case you didn't know it. I'd ask Andy to sing along if he were up here, you know. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. And then you got to have like a rejoice. Anyway, uh, here, here's my point. He's going right into, off of a fight going on in church, he says, I want you to be filled with joy, and joy is not a feeling. Joy is not an emotion. 
You got that? Joy is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a perspective that says, Lord, I believe that you are all-knowing and you're all-wise and you're always out for my good and because you're on the throne in heaven, I'm going to believe you've got this perfect plan that fills me with holy hope and holy confidence. You understand that? That's what joy is all about. Lord, I'm going to trust you even though there's trouble going on around me. I believe you're all-knowing, you're all-wise, you're out for my good, you're on the throne, you have a plan, you have a purpose, and that fills me with holy hope and holy confidence. So you've got these women and they're fighting and the testimony of the church is being threatened. Here's what Jesus says, emperor of the universe, hey, I've got this situation in the palm of my hand. Even though it's not good, I'm going to use this for good. Okay, And that is the challenge for followers of Christ when we face difficult situations is to trust, Lord, I believe that you know what you're doing right now. I, I don't get it. I don't understand about this virus. I don't understand why things are closing, and why things are happening so quickly. But Lord, I trust your awesome hand right now. You, you know what you're doing. You're out for my good. You've never failed me. You never will. And even though I don't like this circumstance, I trust you. And I would encourage you to say it right out loud. Say it with me right now. Jesus, I trust you. <laughs> this situation is hard and challenging and scary, but I choose to trust you. Joy is all about declaring and singing and believing that Jesus is our holy hope. That, that Jesus is where we trust. I put my trust in your hands because your arms are almighty and awesome and, and mine are puny. So uh, I'm not going to negative, whine, grump, doubt, uh, full of fear. I can go that direction, but instead, Lord, I'm going to go and, and I'm going to rejoice despite the situation. Next verse, verse 5, Philippians chapter 4, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your sweet reasonableness shine brightly so everybody around you can see the joy that's yours. So, so this is an opportunity for us to shine bright. Okay, the situation isn't good. The situation is hard and challenging and, and, and anxieties creeping in all around us. Let your sweet reasonableness, let your gentleness shine bright to everybody around you right now. 2 Corinthians 10.1 says this, By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. Paul, Paul's saying, church at Philippi, church at Walloon, people are watching how you're living right now. You know, when things are going great, well, everybody's doing great. But suddenly now, when things get tough and challenging and confusing and stressful, that's when we have the opportunity to shine bright. 
And again, situation is you got these two opposing groups, they're bickering, okay? You, you can choose to be overwhelmed and freak out because there's fighting going on in church, or you can choose joy. I'm going to trust you, Lord. Circumstances are less than ideal. They're really hard, but I'm going to trust you right now. So I'd ask you a question. Who's watching you right now? Who's watching you and how you handle this current situation? It, it, could, could it be your children? Are they watching you? And, and as, as they watch you, what are they seeing? How about your, your co-workers? What about your, your grandchildren? As they watch you and see how you deal with this situation, do they see you're overwhelmed and you're stressed and, and, and you're just filled with worry and anxiety? Or are they seeing, no, no. I'm seeing right now in you, you're trusting Jesus. You're holding on tight during this really hard time. And that moves us right next to the last part of verse 5. Uh, he says, excuse me, last part of verse 4, uh, the Lord is near. Let, let your sweet reasonableness be evident to all. The Lord is near. That's what we hold on to. This, this word near can mean either reference to time or space. So, the Lord is near time. I, I would argue the Lord is near. He, he's coming. We're going to be with Him not much longer. Get ready. Be joyful because Jesus is coming soon. That's our hope. Um, but it also means space. The Lord Jesus right now is at your side. Think of it with me. The Lord Jesus is right now with you. He's ne if you're a follower of Christ, if you said, yes, I believe, I receive you, Jesus, and He's taken up residence in you, He's that good shepherd. And He's never left you, and He never will, and He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. And uh, He's the good shepherd on... Uh, the days when the grass is green and things are great and you're on top of the mountain. But more importantly, he's the good shepherd with you when you hit the valley. And times are hard. And even when you go through that ultimate valley, the valley of the shadow of death, please know he's with us. And I don't care how alone you feel right now. I don't care how lonely and isolated you might be right now. If you know the Good Shepherd, you're not alone. He's with you. And you need to know that. It says clearly, verse 5, the Lord is near. He inhabits your breath. He's right at our side. So, we have a choice I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling stressed, I'm, I'm worried, I'm anxious, I don't understand the situation, I don't like it. Right now, you can listen to your feelings and let them consume you, that's a choice, or I can declare what I know to be true, Jesus, you're with me right now, you love me, you've proved that on the cross for all of eternity, you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. You're for my good. I out loud with my mouth right now say, 
I trust you. So you, you can trust your feelings, and that will take you to some bad places, or you can trust the facts and trust Jesus and God's truth and trust the Savior. You're never alone. He's right near you. Which leads us to verse 6. Paul, inspired by the Spirit, says, Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about... What's the next word again? Anything. (laughs) That's a big word, don't you think? Do not be anxious, worried, stressed, overwhelmed about anything. So, so please know that's the command. It's not a suggestion. Don't be worried and stressed and fretting and stressing and overwhelmed. Why not? Some of us would say right now, I think, if, I, think I have reason to be stressed. I think I have reason to be worried. I think I have reason for anxiety right now. I, I think there's good cause to be fearful. Well, he gives us the answer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. (laughs) Why can't we be worrying? Why, Why are we ordered not to worry? Because the Lord Jesus is near, and the Christian alternative to worry, are you ready? Is prayer. So, so he's writing here and he says, you're going to be tempted to be filled with anxiety and worry, but instead, I am telling you, I've given you the gift of prayer. And he uses three different words, prayer, petition, and request. So uh, those are all about taking the difficulty, the stress, the fear, the worry, and giving them to the Lord. Okay? So we got two options here. If God is dead, if there is no God, if he's not all-wise, if he's not all-loving and powerful, if he's not on the throne, if he's not out for our good, then just let it rip. Let's be worried. Let's be overwhelmed. Let's stew and stress and fret. Or, (laughs) option two, if there is a Savior named Jesus Christ, who took your place on the cross, shed his blood for your sin. If you've believed he did that for you, took your place in the grave, arose victoriously Sunday morning. If you've believed, then now that Savior is near and you can trust him. You can say, Lord, right now, this situation I'm facing, I'm going to trust you with that circumstances and I give you that situation, I take my hands off. I trust you with this situation. Do you understand? Paul's explaining here, this is how followers of Christ deal with worry. This is how we deal with stress and fear. When we feel those thoughts, those, those anxieties, bang, I run to Jesus. And I give them to him and I trust him with the situation. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tense, I'm I'm stressed, I'm, I'm fearful, I'm overwhelmed. I'm running to the throne room. <laughs> I'm running to the Lord right now. And, and, and I love it. 
It, it says, and, and the Lord is there and he's ready to deal with whatever we're facing. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request, your burden, your stress, your fear. Present them to God. Think about it. I, I've got all of this poison that's threatening to, to overwhelm me, uh, and right now, instead, I'm going to run in prayer and give that to you, Lord, and take my hands off. And here's the great exchange. Are you ready? What an exchange this is. Um, and when we give the Lord our stresses, our worries, our frets, verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Did you notice the exchange? Okay, I, I've, got, I've got worry, fear, stress, confusion, I'm fretting, I'm overwhelmed, I run to Jesus, I give him all that's overwhelming me, all that's stressing me, take my hands off, and he gives me his peace. The peace, the holy calmness of God, which trans it goes beyond words, will guard my heart. When you're stressed, when you're worried, when you're filled with fear, your emotions, your feelings, your, and your mind. It'll guard your heart and it'll guard your mind. I promise I'll give you my peace to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Do you understand? It's all in and through Christ Jesus who's here. Okay? Calm, serenity, inner tranquility. I would suspect that some of us here today... It's exactly what we need. You know, Lord, Lord, I need your holy calmness right now. I need your peace because you indeed are the prince, the prince of peace. <laughs> I guess I want to close um, at least uh, the message part by reading to you from Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Verse 4, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. Uh, perfect peace is the promise, but we run and we trust in the Lord, the rock, the strong tower, our safe harbor our ever-present help in times of trouble. We run to Him and He promises, I'll give you my perfect peace to get you through this difficult, this challenging time that you're facing even right now. So, I suspect many of us were tempted to worry and stress and we can just wig out with everybody around us or we can run to the rock eternal. We can run to Jesus. Uh, he's, he's on the throne. He, he's got the whole world in His awesome hands. He, he is the creator, the sustainer, the savior of the world. And He says, you know what? I don't want you to walk around with this giant boulder crushing and overwhelming you. 
why don't you just toss that on me? My almighty awesome hands, they can take it, yours can't, and on, in exchange I'll give you my perfect peace to deal with what you're facing even right now. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for being awesome and all-knowing and all-powerful. Thank you for being always out for our good. We praise you that you're always near. Lord, thank you that you're eager to respond to the cries of your children. And right now, Lord, we cry out to you. We recognize this is, this is a hard, difficult season that we're in. And Lord, would you renew our minds? Would you help us to align our behavior and our thinking and our words with, with your book? And Lord, worry and anxiety and stress and fear, it's rampant and, and it's contagious. Lord, help the folks around us to see you alive, your perfect peace in us. Lord, and whatever we're overwhelmed with right now, whatever stress we're facing, we toss that on you. We present that to you. We give it to you. And Lord, would you guard our hearts and our minds even right now with your perfect peace? Thanks for being the Prince of Peace and where you rule and reign, holy calmness rules and reigns. So we invite you, come rule and reign in our hearts and our minds right now. We trust you. And when we feel those pangs of worry and fear and stress starting to gurgle again in an hour or two, Lord, we're going to run and do the same thing. Lord, help us to become expert exchangers of fear and stress and worry. And Lord, we'll just enjoy your perfect peace over and over again. We love you and thanks for uh, your book. It helps us. It helps us especially during the hard times. We love you. It's in Jesus' strong name we pray all of these things. Amen. just want you to know I, I, I love you all. Um, I miss you. I wish you were here with me right now. Um, but in the meantime, while you're not here, um, just remember, we're a family. So please be looking out for family right now. Uh, please be looking out for the family, uh, people that you normally are in small group with, uh, maybe people that you serve with. Now's the time. Be reaching out to them, loving on them, and making sure we're taking good care of each other in the family. Remember, we're servants. We, we are called to serve each other, but serve here in the community. What a great opportunity we have right now to serve and shine bright for Jesus to our neighbors, to our, the people that we work with, uh, people maybe whose kids aren't in school and now they don't have anybody. Let, let's, let's do our part to shine bright with love and good deeds on one another. And, and let's just remember, we serve an awesome king, do we not? We, we serve an awesome king and we trust you, Lord, and he knows what he's doing. He'll never leave us. He'll never fail us. So remember who we worship together. We, we serve together. We shine bright together. We declare 
the good news. What a great time. We are declarers of the good. In a time where there's a lot of bad news, I'm telling you, people need good news. And the best news ever, Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood, took your place in the tomb, arose victoriously. And guess what? If you'll open the door of your heart and invite him in, he'll come and walk with you too. What The best news ever, Jesus Christ will come and be your good shepherd and walk through this time with you as well. Lord, bless each and every one of you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I look forward to when we can be back together face-to-face again. 